What is up, everybody? This is Recap Rewind. I'm Jay Lag. And I'm NB. And this episode is recapping and reviewing Riverdale Season 4, Episode 8. And it's called Chapter 65, In Treatment. And don't forget, guys, stick around for the ending because we are going to go through our recap roundups, our best moments, our best lines. So be sure to stick around for that. And we also have our contest going on right now for a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card and a pop socket. To enter, just rate and comment on our iTunes page and you'll be entered in the draw. We are actually extending this contest to the end of the season and that is when we'll be drawing one lucky winner. So make sure you guys apply and you could win a free teams. gift card. You would think that they'd want it before Christmas to get yeah, presents, but... but... It, it, it ain't <laughs> happening, y'all. <laughs> All you guys have to do is go on iTunes and rate... The Riverdale podcast, and that's like give it five stars Super easy. and say, "Hey, I love Jay Lag and MB," and that's it. Literally, like that's how you enter. That's it. Anyway, as always, to our continuing listeners and our brand new ones, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Let's get into the episode, y'all. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, yeah, right at the top, right off the top, give me all of your feels. Just you know what? I give think it to me. I'm Mrs. Burble. You tell me how uh, you first feel. First of all, I think Gina Torres best option, best like actor choice yes. for this character. Yes. Um, this character was much needed. This character was much needed since ep- like season one, episode four, maybe after the whole like <laughs> um, what's it called, the maple sticky thing. Like they needed yeah. a guidance counselor this entire freaking time, and for them to for address sure. it at this point, yes, it's been long, and and you know we've been waiting for it, but I respect it, and I think it was so evident, like why our characters needed this episode, and I hope yeah. it doesn't end. Like I hope it. She keeps like she says. Me too. I I think the one thing that yeah I was bummed about is the fact that it felt like a very standalone episode where um, they even uh, creatively set it up where it was like case number sixty five. It kind of felt case like that 70. episode in season was it two where um, it was like Josie and then Betty. Yes, it felt like yeah. that. Like the template was sort of like that way. Which is why I feel like it probably won't continue. Like, she's probably just a temporary character for this episode. Yeah, they're not going to pay Gina Torres for the whole season. (laughs) But I do hope and wish that they have some version of this. Because I think there was so much that came out of this episode. Having said that, do you think, and we can talk about this later, but let's just hint at it right now. Do you have any predictions as to what... Who is she working for? Could she be working for anyone? Could there be like an evil thing behind her character? Or is she just a one-off like role? I will. Uh, we can definitely get into it. I do think that there was one moment in time where I was a little weary of her. I think it was with Archie when she stands up, when she finds out that he could be or could not be a vigilante. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, why is she standing up? Like, this is very, <laughs> she's just like getting up in his face about yeah. it. Um, and that was a time where I was like, okay, like, is she like a secret police person? Like, is she working for Mr. Honey? Um, is she about to like run to the police to like tell them something? I wasn't sure where, what her motivation was at that point, but yeah, I think it's possible. What do you think? Okay. I have one question and maybe you can answer this. Maybe our fans can. What kind of candy was she eating? Did they ever mention it? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you're actually, this is an actual clue. Like, I'm thinking, for some reason, and I tried to go back and, like, watch the episode and, like, try to hear for it, I swear I thought I heard her say nougat was, like, her favorite, like, candy or something. Right. And the main ingredient in nougat is honey. 
Ooh. But like, I also could be obsessing over chocolate and candy right now. So like, I don't know if I'm actually <laughs> onto something or because here's the thing: like, she did. You're right. She they do. She does mention lot. nougat. Yeah. Does she mention it? Yeah. She does mention nougat. I think that even Cheryl says like, I don't want your nougat candy. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So and then at the very end, I think Jughead takes the nougat from the bowl. Look, I could just be being really extra right now, but I definitely feel like they brought her in to because like we think she's like this like savior figure for our characters i feel like they might flip that around and like make her evil in the end yeah but i don't know if i'm down for that i don't know i i mean i would love to just have her as a character who just came in to help the kids because i just feel like that was necessary it's riverdale so there's possible it's possible that there's another layer to this but i'm just gonna pretend that all of this is a coincidence because i love this episode like you said i think it was so necessary for us to get here with the kids um really air out all the shit that's been happening in the past four seasons and um yeah it came at a perfect time uh the whole uh you know episode starts off with the reason why she's there which is really to help the kids through an emotional time because it's admission college admission time and they're getting you know rejection letters and acceptance letters and she she comes into the school uh to be like that buffer or that person that can help with like the emotional support Mm -hmm. of it um so there's that aspect of it but then there's also an aspect that has to do with the vhs tapes which doesn't really come back around in this episode but it is it is mentioned that we get another series of vhs tapes uh jughead's narrating this in the beginning and he says uh they're still being sent to people's front doors but now like the the frame is closer like it's even closer (laughs) they zoomed in which number one (laughs) yeah they zoom they did a digital zoom but like that's the one thing that i was like do you guys not know like if you know that there is somebody recording you wouldn't you be monitoring your homes yeah like i don't like i really want to know where they're how they're going to tie this in because it's the one piece of this whole puzzle that i feel like is very like why are we doing this right now like why is there VHS tapes really around that um that dramatic like i feel like they're making it so right. dramatic but no one's doing anything like no one's like guys let's get to the bottom of this they're just like they're yeah. just like watching the tapes every week they're like oh cool like get some popcorn like let's watch like what did they find this exactly. week i'm like okay you're either gonna stop this or stop watching or you're just gonna like let it happen yeah. exactly. <laughs> so anyway whatever so we're, we're gonna move on so mrs burble comes in um and uh it starts off at the cooper res i don't know why i keep calling it the cooper res they use alice smith a lot this yeah, episode sure. and it's obviously not the cooper res anymore it's the jones residence so but i'm just gonna keep calling it that because it's easier for me to do that um so right off the top alice is like so betty when did you start lying to your mother you liar and Betty's like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> she finds out that she doesn't get into Yale. And Alice puts together the reason why she's not going to Yale is because she found birth control pills <laughs> in like a high, like a fake drawer part of like part of her drawer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so she Betty's loses like, it on oh my Betty. God, Betty's- mom. She's like, mom, what the hell? What's wrong with you? I can't believe you went through my stuff. And the one thing that I like picked up on right away was 
What did Alice think Betty and Jughead were doing well, this see, entire time? This is why time. I love this episode because I feel like they call themselves out they on did. every single yeah, thing. Like did. even Betty asks her mom, she's like, "What the hell did you think we were doing when I was sleeping in his bed? Like yeah. obviously we're having sex, yeah. you dumbass." <laughs> so it's just like I can't even make yeah, fun they of it. Yeah, call it out in the counseling because session. they call themselves out like for every little thing. So I was super impressed, and that's what I. Yeah, I did love the fact that they aired out yeah. literally every, no stone was unturned. And uh, yeah, so speaking of the Cooper girls, they start off their, like the, this whole counseling session with Betty. Betty goes in to talk to Mrs. Burble and she uh, sees Alice walk right in to the counseling session. Yeah, she's like, Mom, what the hell <laughs> are you doing here? she's just like blasted and mrs burble's like do you want her not to cut to stay in and betty just says like you know you can try to make her leave she's not going to leave so uh she's they're already setting a really tense tone between the two of the two of them and you know miss burble's like okay well let's like break this down there's a lot of emotion here um and it's interesting because alice uses a lot of defense where she's like I was under the influence of Edgar during the farm. But then at the same time, Betty's like, but you were also, you also admitted to the fact that you were a FBI see, undercover agent. See, but that this is the thing that doesn't make sense about Alice's character. And you can tell that they fucked up along the way, like making this storyline work for her. Because it doesn't make sense. Because she's like, I it was doing it to like, like to be a, a, a thing for the FBI. She's like, bro, like you literally got me killed and got yourself killed. Yeah. And you did. <laughs> me like you did too many fucked up yeah. things to like justify i was just praying for the fbi like come yeah on. yeah exactly it's true you're right there there's that point in time where you're like no the writers just fucked up they yeah, don't know how to go back sense. on this and i like i almost wish that the writers like called themselves out and was like it's like you're writing the stupid comic book storyline with me like something that they could have said yeah, that would have like, made it all like really funny or like mom you didn't even know where your story story was going and you just did it kind yeah. of thing like, <laughs> something like true. that would have been a great line for sure because yeah as she's explaining herself like alice is caught in in the middle of it all and yeah you want to believe that she is this character that everybody said is going to be you know she was working for the fbi and she was doing all this undercover stuff but then she does admit while she's in the counseling session she's like but i was under the influence of edgar at that time and i'm like okay so which one were yeah, you were you actually under the influence were, or were you like anyway so they have a bunch of conversation in between the two of them. I think the main context is Alice talks about, or I guess Gina Torres' character, Mrs. Burble, says, um, you know, you obviously have control issues. Why do you feel like you need to control Betty? And Alice kind of ends off the entire uh, you know, her entire kind of speech with uh, Betty by saying, I love you more and I love you the most. And then she can't help herself and then she has to walk away from the situation because she realizes, oh shit, I have other kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not expect this conversation to go the way that it did. Like I definitely it went hard. like, because yeah. the writing was really good so far. So I was like, oh, like they're going to get to like some like heavy, heavy like points. And then in yeah. the end, it was just like, Alice was like, you're my favorite. That's why. I was like, oh, aren't moms like not supposed to have a favorite though? Like, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> unless you're unless you're Kris Jenner, you're, you're you not know, allowed to have a it favorite. It was just such a weird ending to like such an epic conversation. 
and i just right. didn't understand it's like where do you go from here because like even betty was like you still have a daughter like you still have a son but yo that line the way that they wrote that in at the very end literally brought me to Which tears part? like uh we'll talk about it at the very end but like when they have that moment at the very end where she finds the check and she oh turns to her mom I, I was I was I was full tears. I was like, oh, this is why they said that in the beginning. Like it was guys like honestly, big ups to the writers. I'm just going to say that right off the top. I was so impressed with what they went through in like 45 minutes worth of an episode. Sure. They really covered everything off and it wasn't like didn't feel rushed. It didn't, it didn't feel, feel like cheesy. they were, you know, like they yes. hit on some like really like real um topics for i think for like young adults that like we go through with the dynamic of our parents and like you know or just guardians in general like it's things yeah i don't know it was real and how it fucked you know it it fucks up betty and betty's you know just trying to like live her best life and her mom's just not there and wasn't present and for her to finally come to that point at the very end i was like oh shit this is some real amazing like story that yeah and it's really at the bottom of it all it's calling themselves out like it's like the writers are calling themselves out and they are now like like they have to answer these questions you know that we've had for seasons so i i loved it yeah for sure um okay so moving on to the next person we're gonna talk about our good old archie andrews oh geez um he's Falls asleep in class and he gets sent to Miss Burble to talk about, you know, his shitty behavior at school. And um, his big struggle uh, that he mentions to Miss Burble is the fact that he's he feels this all this insurmountable amount of pressure to clean up the town. And, you know, since his dad died, he feels like he needs to take up the helm. And, um, you know, she even says something that I was like, why aren't we mentioning this? You know. Where did Andrew's construction even go? Mm-hmm. You know, Mrs. Burble's like, Mrs. Burble's like, so you're feeling pressure because you have to take on yeah. con- the construction <laughs> company, and he's like, no, forget yeah. the construction <laughs> company. I'm trying to be he's a like, hero. I like, my I'm own trying to business. be. A- <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure your dad would have wanted you to be in the construction business. <laughs> like, I think that that's what he would have wanted more than anything. What did else. you think about? Um, I just want to ask you this quickly before we forget. When she, when he was like, yeah. I go out at night. And then she was like, oh, she's oh, like, she's like, you go cruising God. in Fox Forest? And he's like, no, 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 not like that. What did you think? Like, she out here thinking that he's like, homo. What did you and think I was of like, that? Well. I was like, that's kind of random and like a little like. I mean, for one, he's the one that said it. He's the one that said he goes out at night. Yeah, but so why I think she's just she trying to, Fox she's just trying to make the connection. You know what I mean? Like, what else would he I be guess. doing out right. at night? You yeah. know? <laughs> so I think she was just trying to, like, what else is sketchy that you would do as a male teen <laughs> in the middle true, of true. the night? I just think that it's hilarious that Fox Forest came back around after all these seasons. It's become the, but that's like, what I mean. literal hookup area. I almost feel area. like she's so caught up. It's like she listened to our recap and was like, these are all the things yeah. that happened in Riverdale it's like someone told her like everything that happened and she was like recapping it with the students it was weird I don't know and to to your point I think that that's a good place to look at because you know what what you were saying about the fact that she knows so much there could be something there in terms of you know like whether or not she has like an inside scoop sure. or somebody's or telling, telling her something because like i definitely feel like yeah. as a guidance counselor like yeah you need to know like your students lives and like their backgrounds like i get that but she knew like like little knew, like, details <laughs> from like season yeah. one episode nine For like sure. yeah, you know? yeah yeah it's true it's true 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they bring her back and she ends up becoming this like crazy character. But I think I like w- where she kind of stood in all of this. But it all ends off, like I was saying earlier, where Archie starts to get more and more frustrated and angry with her... Uh, assumptions of him and he's like it makes me angry when you think that I'm stupid and I don't know anything and I was like whoa all this real energy and real frustration is coming from Archie and you're getting this point of view that you know all this time we're like oh Archie what a dum-dum but he him addressing it makes you feel like you can be like oh so at least he's aware of himself but no one thought he was stupid I mean we I mean, did, <laughs> but we're not in the show. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, no, it's true. But I think that him, you know, him trying to present himself to Miss um, Burble and him speaking out loud made him also realize how dumb he's being, which I think that whole self-reflection, that self-understanding of what you're doing wrong is so big in these shows. And... Um, for them to do it in this episode this way, I was like, I'm yeah, down. Yeah, like sure. Archie, like figure your life out. You need to look in a mirror and figure out that you're doing some shit wrong. But it's interesting, so, and I really respected the way that they handled his storyline because right from the get go, like he was like, she's like, you're not going to college, like you didn't apply, and right. you know, not necessarily like everyone's like storyline is going to go the same way. Like apply to school, you get accepted. That's so hot. You're so happy. Everything works out. Like his yeah. storyline is so different, and. It still, it still matters. It's still important. It's still important to tell his story. So it was just like a different route to take with him because everyone else is pretty much like based around school, except for Cheryl, maybe. It's true. Yeah, his is yeah. like, yeah, I want to just. His run is a like, what do you do for whatever. your own legacy or like your yourself, kind of like it was cute. And for the yeah. town and yeah. all that stuff, and yeah. So her thing is basically like, don't go out at night anymore. Um, you're going to get hurt. Your family and your loved ones are going to get hurt. Just just try to stay away from that lifestyle. Um, you can find other ways to help. You can start a hotline and all this other stuff because he's feeling this like insurmountable amount of pressure to help every single person. Um, and yeah, I think it's it was really sad seeing him like all the characters, all the actors were fantastic yeah, sure. and how they broke down in these moments. And, you know, seeing him frustrated and sad was like really sad for me to see. I was like, Fuck yeah, Archie's been going through some shit. Like he lost his dad. Yeah, and I mean, like he's they just all have gone through really going. fucked up shit. Like they yeah, should be breaking yeah. down like this, you know? For sure, for sure. It's like high time that this happened. So, um, he ends up uh, after the after that whole session, he goes home and he tells his mom that he decides <laughs> like, to what? move. move like this is the thing he's with like, Archie. I'm gonna move out. Like now. he's amazing, but the way he jumps from like point C to like f like he like doesn't yeah. connect the two things <laughs> he's like i'm gonna do this and even mary because so he decides to move into the el royale to stay away from mary because she could be in danger i'm like, like mom so now you're putting your mom i need to move out she's like, like what i just moved back town into town because of your because <laughs> of you and now you're gonna leave me alone in this house by myself unprotected and you think that that's the best decision (laughs) i'm just like what parent would go along with this i almost felt like it was a logistical decision on like the producers to like not film at their house anymore because like it just felt like such a weird like like pivot for his character like who cares if he lives at home what's the big deal i was like 
Is that what you took away from Mrs. Burble yeah. that you had to move out? Yeah, you can't be <laughs> with my own mother. Okay, I'm moving out. It's like, okay. And, and that's the thing. I will say, and I'll say this a little bit later for another character. I'm going to say it right now. It's Veronica. <laughs> but I think that I think that between Veronica and Archie, they listened, but they did the like literally the opposite <laughs> of what they should have done based on what Mrs. Burble told them to do. So I'm like, okay, Archie, just keep doing you. I it's guess. like their own like but, ego or like their own pride gets in the way yeah. of the advice and then they go do their own thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like you. That's not at all what you told you to do. But right. okay, cool. <laughs> so, so he decides to start this hot hotline. He sets up like an answering, an old school answering machine, and he throws his mask in the garbage. But it's only like on the lip, so it's like <laughs> it's just it's just kind of hanging there. He's like, I'm gonna throw you out, but like also like maybe I'll pick you up later, which he does. <laughs> so he's like, see you in 25 minutes. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. We'll move on to Cheryl. She gets called into Mr. Honey's office and he Honey. says, so um, Cheryl, you've been missing like 17 yeah, weeks of like, school. What's going on, bitch? You fucking crazy? You've been at home this whole season. Yeah. And she's like, basically. And it is interesting because I was like, why doesn't she just homeschool herself yeah. at this point? Like, why? Why point, does she I, need to I go to school? I legit thought she was being homeschooled because I'm like, this girl has not left yeah. her house. Like. Nana is just like out here teaching her like arithmetic or whatever. But um, yeah, so he says, and rightly so, you know, as much as I want to hate Mr. Honey, he does make a good point. He's like, so the Vixens need a lead and you're not here. So I'm going to take over as the head coach. And she was like, fuck you. How dare you take the Vixens away from me? He said he was going to take it over. Yeah. Well, he's like, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to have to like, like, I'm going to have to bring an adult into help with this he doesn't name himself until the very end when mrs burble's like i think that he's gonna stay on as the coach but um anyway so that that's what happens so um before he takes them away he's like you're gonna go see mrs burble to see if you're like mentally fit to take this on right now and so that's when her whole storyline starts and Hers was great. I what did what did you think oh about that whole thing? First of all, I think thing. definitely like her acting was the best. Uh, On for point. sure, her acting Loved was like it. insane. Um, and I think like out of everyone, I know everyone's gone through a lot of shit, and I loved Betty's part too. But I think Cheryl's was the most needed. I think at this point in yeah. like who she is as her character, like definitely like girl, you need to see someone. And she kept, and she admitted it too. She was like, "Am I crazy?" Yeah. Like. What is yeah. wrong with me? And then I loved, I loved um, Burple's like advice to her too. She goes, "You're not crazy. You just you miss your brother." And then like yeah. it was so sad. It took took me back to like season one. I was like, it's at the core of who she is. She just misses her brother. She has no other family. Her mom's freaking crazy, and her dad's dead. Right. It's so there was so much of this part that I was taking away and I was like, whoa, I can't believe like truly I cannot believe it's taken them this you long to get here. Season this, four, episode this eight. This episode felt but, so like it was not Riverdale. Like I felt like I was watching a different yeah, show. I felt like I was watching like sure. the grown up version of Riverdale. Yeah. And not even just that, like outside of the writing, which was obviously great and we were able to see a different side of the show and what it can do for these characters. 
Also, like, the direction was great. The shots mm. were shot very interesting, too. And I wonder if it has to do with the movie that it's probably based on in mm-hmm. treatment. Um, so maybe there is have a connection there. But, like, I found a lot of... Was it... I've oh, No, okay. no, I've never seen it before. Yeah, I'm sure. And like, um, But I found that the shots were very, like, stylized, where, like, everything in the forefront and the background were in focus at the same time, which is, like, a, which is like a cinematic uh, mm. style choice. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Anyway, I'm just talking about the, the shots in general. But, um, yeah, her just breaking down all the things that are happening, but at the same time really um, being Cheryl through and through, where she puts on this, like, very icy, um, fiery, I should say, kind of exterior where she's like I don't need to do this like we're done here you're a loser I hate you so there's all these moments where you know Mrs. Burble's trying to get through to her and she's like no you Claude or like no you dumb dumb this is how I feel tech school and she's like actually I have like my PhD yeah (laughs) so I love the fact that Miss Burble was able to disarm her through all of Cheryl's kind of outbursts throughout the session um but yeah you made some really good points she she does say like you know you been through some shit you must be so exhausted going through this how are you coping with it and she does say like you know i'm talking to my dead brother like and he answers me back and i can hear his voice and i think i'm going crazy um have i always been this insane like is it part of my family's like lineage um she starts talking about the fact that this ghost is haunting her or the body of julian is haunting her and um you know, she they bring that part of it up too. And um I think it really starts to ground Cheryl's storyline a little bit more, mm-hmm. where, you know, obviously Riverdale's not meant to be a supernatural show. So we can't assume that she's going through a, like a passion storyline. No, <laughs> like there's not sure. like a tiny little doll in the corner who's actually moving and also haunting her. But I was surprised. So the fact that Mrs. Burble. And I want to know if you were surprised as well. Like, were you surprised that Burble got to that conclusion that quickly? Like, like I'm trying to like think about our guidance counselor in high school. Like she would have been like, um, ma'am, your daughter's on crack. Like she needs help. But this woman was like, you know what? I think someone's pranking you. Like you're not crazy. I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. No, she's definitely like top of the line, like grade A guidance counselor, <laughs> psychologist. Like she, I think they even say it at the very end where like she says, like she's like, I'm very yeah, underpaid for what I'm doing right yeah. now. <laughs> Overqualified, underpaid. Um, no, I think that she definitely, I don't think there's anything sketchy about that. I think that she's just really bringing forward all of these things that who else is going to talk to Cheryl th- this true. way? That's yeah. going to make yeah. sense. You know, like Tony, fucking Nana, like no one's going to break this down for Cheryl the way that she did um so speaking of which um she also says that uh you know you haven't lost your mind there could be someone who's gaslighting you to make you think that you're going crazy um and right away who did you who came to your mind when she said that uh tony tony fucking topaz I thought the same thing and I was like that must be so that must be the obvious choice though but then I'm like who the hell else so, is in this fucking house there's nobody else so I think the movie that they're referring to in in the movie uh-huh. it's um she's being gaslighted by her husband Oh so it so could be Tony then yeah. But why I, though? I, I don't know if there was a malicious intent behind it. I, I, in my opinion, I think Tony pro- probably is doing it to like maybe save Cheryl. Like maybe this is the only way she thinks she can get through to Cheryl to be like, wake the fuck up. 
to push you her know, to the like, edge like, so then she can be like, I got to yeah, figure like my maybe life Maybe like, this is the last straw, but maybe it's like going to backfire. Obviously, it's going to backfire. We know that. I mean, it's yeah, obviously going to backfire. But I don't yeah, think like point. it's a malicious thing. I think she's just probably trying to help out. And this is like her only way of doing that. See, I do. I would agree with you. However, that exchange that they have at the very end with at Pop's Diner, which we'll talk about a little bit later, it didn't feel no, like she was I being malicious. That, uh, you think they were? She was being malicious. No, she wasn't. Like I felt like Tony was like, I don't know what's going on. Cool, yeah, I still support I think, you. I love you. I think you. I was waiting for a cut too to her face, like Tony's face, but they right. didn't. So right. that makes me feel like they don't want us to really suspect Tony just yet. Like they want to give us another piece of like the puzzle before we start. You know, saying her name. I mean, who else? At I mean, this it point, could be. Who else could it, it could be? be like the family, someone in the family. The, Nana. O- the only person that I can, yeah, the only person that I can think of that could be doing this is Penelope, and she's just been hiding in Thistle House this whole time. Or like time. maybe there really is but a Julian out there. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just the the way that they've set it up, it seems like it's gonna be Tony. And that could be interesting because then that will mean that there'll be the end of Shoney for at for least a little, a little bit, bit of which time. Which makes sense because, you know, they've been together yeah, for like two it's years ne- now. So. It's necessary to have that kind of upset. And I think that, you know, I think across the board, what we've been noticing from a lot of uh, our followers on Twitter and, you know, people who have been talking online, a lot of people are kind of sick of the Shoney storyline because... Tony is become she has become just a weak character who doesn't really have much of a voice, which is what we've been saying since the beginning of the season. Um, and maybe this will separate them to the point where she'll be able to be independent yeah, again. Maybe. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how they resolve that, because if it is Tony, which I do think it is, um, I'd love to see how that all kind of comes out in the yeah. wash. Um so going back to that, she says, um, you know, you're not being haunted. You're uh, you probably didn't get your body absorbed. Like you probably didn't absorb your brother. So you're probably not haunted for that reason. We can do an actual test. I'd love to know if you guys can let me know if there oh is God. an actual was this, like, test. Another I, thing I, of, like, I, feel, serial killer I, like I was like, serial killer damn show. And even Cheryl was like, you really yeah. waited this long to like tell me there's an actual test. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway so she does a test she finds out later but we'll get to that in a a bit um and she does tell uh cheryl at the very end you know i think we're still gonna have to take the vixens away from you because you need to heal you need to figure your life out and then you know it shows cheryl going into the locker room and crying with her hbic shirt and uh and then that's kind of how her story ends um let's cut to veronica Mm -hmm. And her storyline, so it starts off with Veronica at home. Um, Hiram calls her, her into his office, and he's just, like, aligning his fancy rum in the back of his area mm-hmm. behind his desk. And she's like, what do you want from me? I don't care. I hate you, Danny. It's so annoying. <laughs> like, she just, it's but the I still same, call, like, caca storyline. Yeah, but it's also the same banter back and forth. Like, oh, dad, I hate you. Dad, I hate you. Dad, I hate you. <laughs> like, it's just seven different versions of the same storyline, which I'm glad it, it you know, kind of gets talked about in her session with Miss mm-hmm. Burball. But, um, yeah, basically he says, oh, aren't you going to hear back from Harvard today? And she's like, yeah, bye. So she goes to school. She gets a phone call from the dean, and, she, and he tells her, um, you got into Harvard. Congratulations. 
Thank you for the rum, uh, but thank your father for the rum and all the like, things that he how did. How good is the motherfucking rum that like you accepted the daughter into freaking like, Harvard, bro. bro? A bottle unless, of rum like, is like seventy dollars, like. Unless Hiram's pulling a Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin <laughs> and uh, For she, sure he, he is. out here, <laughs> For giving sure. him some more money than that. Um, I felt like this was very, uh, very topical and very timely of a of a, of a thing to happen to her. Um, but yeah, it was just funny. And then there was a really fun cut where she's like, son of a... And then it cuts to the next scene where uh, she's with Miss Burble and it's like, Butterfinger? Would you like a Butterfinger? Um, so then it gets kind of into her storyline. Um, and basically, Veronica's just angry. Yeah. She's She presents herself as a very pissed off, I'm angry at my dad, I've got daddy issues, and that's kind of what Ms. Burble says. She's like, you got daddy issues, you're doing this. She says, like, you're in a lock yeah. with your, a death, a dance of death with your father. Who's leading, him or you? Like, it's very, You're obsessed that with your story. daddy. Like, yeah, you're obsessed. Which I get it. She is right. She has, she is obsessed. And I'm kind of getting over this whole like dynamic of like daddy and daughter. Like, just be done with it. I'm over it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite lines that she says, she's like, cut ties with your dad. He's trolling you. Why not ghost (laughs) him? And then then Veronica, who is like the fucking epitome of like the dumbest lines. She's like, Miss Verbal, like get your like teen like quotes like in check. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) You cannot speak (laughs) to this conversation. You're the worst of all of them. Um, but yeah, so she, but it's, it's funny because she does make a lot of points that we, we've been asking ourselves too, is, you know, Veronica keeps complaining about her dad, her dad's evil, her dad's this, her dad's that. But, you know, Ms. Burble says like, yeah, but you're still living at home. You still call, you know, you still answer when he calls you. Yeah, literally like you still, the second you know, she said that, she's like, why do you still live at home? I'm like, yes, yes. We fucking like, said like, that last episode. Tablet. I was like, yes. <laughs> true why are you still living there move out yeah it's so true um yeah so i thought her whole situation but what what i thought was funny about this because we'll talk about it later um is miss burble's suggestion to veronica is to still pursue harvard like she was like i think you should still go to school i think you should still go to harvard but you need to consider your relationship with your father. Try to distance yourself from him. Um, don't engage in any unhealthy behavior with him. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like truly That's cut literally him out. what she says to her. Like cut him out. Don't let him like control you in any of those situations. Don't let him like egg you on and make you feel emotional. And Veronica's like, okay, fine. <laughs> But clearly, she's about to do, like, literally the opposite thing. So, anyway, before we get to that, we're going to get to the final part of the core four, which is um, Mr. Jughead Jones. Uh, and he starts – it starts off by him talking to Mr. DuPont. And Mr. DuPont's, like, laying into him. He's like, you didn't apply to any colleges. You're not going to get any recommendations from us. So, you better go to your old school to get transcriptions uh, or your trans- transcripts. Um and that's kind of where they how he ends up talking to They basically forced him back into Riverdale High so that he could talk to Burble. Forced him back to Riverdale High. Yes. But I was like, okay, cool. But also, like, DuPont, I'm surprised that he's even putting up with his shit right now. But it's fine. Um, anyway, Jughead's talking to 
Miss Burble and the big things that he takes away is um, or she takes away from talking to him is she says that he has something called a persecution complex where he feels like he needs to blame people for the issues that are going on in his life and there should be some retribution for the wrongs that have happened in his life. And she makes a lot of really good points. You know, she she says something about the fact that, you know, um, because he tells her he's like, yo, like this whole school took away my family's future and like painted my dad, my grandpa as like a loser and this, this and this. And she was like, but maybe you should just tell like, you know, keep it real and realize that your grandpa might not have been that amazing. And it's really your dad that you should be focusing on. You should be really appreciating what yeah. your dad has been going through for you. And I did love that they made Jughead like very self-realized where he really like while he was sitting in with her, he's like, wow, well, I think that was I am I selfish. think that was the magic of her because they would all most of them came in yeah. with this attitude of like, who the F are you? Like, I don't give a F. And right. she just broke them down and she w- she made some really valid points. And like, especially with Jughead and Cheryl, like she made them see right you know, her way or her opinion. And like, they were like, Jughead was like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Cause she was like, she's she like, instead like, of like making your grandpa the hero, like look at your dad for a second. And then he was like, true. Right. And he's like, do, she's like, do the work. And, and he does mention the fact that he's doing investigations, but she also says at this point, you know, do whatever you want to do, but really put in the work. So you don't feel like you're constantly pointing fingers at people and constantly exactly. blaming other people without really knowing the full story. So I love the fact that she was like, don't give up on this, but also try to put a little bit more thought into how you're going yeah. to do this. Um, and his kind of storyline ends off really cute where he is waiting for his dad at home. And when FP walks in, he just goes straight up to him and gives him a hug and thanks him for being, being there for him and supporting him. And, you know, all this stuff and I I was kind of shocked that they put it in because I didn't know but where they were or that, what like, angle they were going to take. Said that wasn't FP like a loser dad most of his life and only like recently he kind of picked himself yeah. up. It is true, but I think that, you know, past all that Jughead's trying to see beyond those particular issues right. and saying like, yeah, he's he's a sheriff of the town right, and right. I should thank him yeah, for yeah. being being a good papa Curry. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he was shit before, <laughs> for sure. Um, but also you have to remember that Jughead wasn't like living with... I don't think Jughead was living with him alone for a while, right? His mom left yeah. and there was all that shit that happened before too. Um, so then it shows Betty coming home. And this is probably one of my favorite scenes. Uh, Alice is in the kitchen and she's just cooking and she's trying to be normal. She's trying to keep out of her face. She's uh, she says to Betty, you know, like, get ready for dinner. Like, just can you please set the table? And when she goes to set the table, um, Betty sees a letter, a couple of letters, like one, I think, from an admission from a school. And then underneath that, she finds a check from her mom. Um, that's all of her college tuition mm-hmm. money. And that's when she turns around and says one of the cutest lines of the entire episode. She turns to her mom and she says, I love you most too, mom. Aww. And I was like, yeah, you do. So as, as if like she, she like, obviously uh, you're her only mom. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's not like she has like, yeah. you know, like Alice has three kids. You just can't have a favorite that's kid. <laughs> 
You only got one mom. You gotta have a favorite mom. <laughs> You're like, you better be. <laughs> and the your dad's best. a serial killer who's lo- dead. So <laughs> Your, Your options, options are limited, limited, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, who else do you think yeah. you have in this world? Um, also, really quickly, I have a question for our listeners and for you. Was the Cooper residence oh my always God, this I dark? Know. I'm like, why is she cook? Why was is she chopping in like the darkness? Like it was awkwardly Pure lit. Darkness. It was so weird. It's like a yeah. cave in there. I'm like, what the hell? Like, you're you guys are two seconds away from like like an, a power yeah. outage. You might as well just and, like, light on top candles. Of that, she's like cooking dinner. Like, it's not even that she's chilling. Like candle side, like fireplace. Like she's cooking dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it so dark? Like fucking Betty's going to like put the. T- I couldn't like, even see the mail. Down, I was like, it's dark. Can <laughs> someone turn on the goddamn light? I can't see who this check is from. I was like, I know. <laughs> uh. But anyway, so that's her her uh, like kind of how her storyline ends this episode, which cute. is really yeah. really cute. I loved it so much. Um, and then um, it cuts to Archie, and he's at the El Royale, and he plays a message because he got a call from a kid, which I thought was funny because I'm like, if you've been sitting at the El Royale this whole time, yeah, wouldn't like, you have picked up the <laughs> phone? <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> Why was there a phone call? Why was there an answering machine in the first place? So anyway, he hears this call and the kid is like, my mom is getting beat up by somebody and I need some help and whatever, whatever. And of course, Archie in Archie fashion doesn't call the police or doesn't oh, whistleblow. He goes back to the trash where the mask is still sitting <laughs> on sitting that on lip. The lip. <laughs> He takes the mask and he takes a bat and he heads out the door and that's how his storyline ends. And I'm like, at this point, what the fuck? I feel like he's being so. What? I I I feel yes. I definitely feel like he was being set up in this moment for sure. I was like, okay, there's a hotline and someone's calling him. He's like, please come now. I need your help right now. I was like, this sounds sketchy. I was waiting for it to happen this episode. We're obviously gonna have to wait till next episode to see what happens. But, um, yeah, I'm just like, Archie just keeps going back to the same shitty conclusions. Why do you think that they make his character I don't know. so stagnant? I don't know. He's been kind of, you know, like, like, I love the message that his character, uh, you know, is putting out this season. I just feel like it's not going, it's a, they're stuck with it. Like, they don't know what else to do with it. They're stuck. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I I really don't know where they're going to end off with him because this constant, like, you know, bad judgment, the the bad judgment calls that he's been making, you know, even with a counselor saying, like, don't go out there by yourself. Don't do this. Don't do this. And he still does it. I'm like, you're a lost cause, bro. At this point, like, I'm going to just wait for you to die by the end of the series. Because if you think about it, like, realistically, if you could write for Archie's story tomorrow, what would you write? Like, yeah, he's going to save the town. He's going to save Riverdale. And then what? Like, what does that mean? Like, is he going to run for office? Is he going to, like, clean up the environment? Like, like, or is he going to be a vigilante? You know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like what what are the I'm things? definitely what down for him to run for mayor or like to be in, in politics so that he can change yeah. things for the town. Like I'm over this vigilante storyline for him. Like we've done it and it's not it's not going anywhere. It's not working. Gina Torres done told us yeah. it ain't working, y'all. It ain't working. 
So yeah, I hope maybe by next episode this that is what happens. It is a setup, and he finally gets his final wake up call. I'm just kind of over him making mistakes that he's supposed to learn from, he goes, but he yeah, doesn't yeah. learn from. Like he literally does not learn from any of them. He got attacked by a bear, and he yeah. still is acting oh like a God. fool. Like I just I don't understand. Happened. Anyway. Um, cutting back to Cheryl and Tony, as I mentioned earlier, at Pop's Diner, and they're opening up these test results. And like I said, Tony doesn't know what's going on, and she even admits it. She's like, I don't know what these test results are, but good for you. Like, I'm yeah. so happy for you, whatever, because they come out as negative. So she didn't eat Julian in the womb. Um, and Tony's like, cool, good for you. Um, but yeah, they don't really cut back to a point in time where we're supposed to assume that she um, is the one who's moving Julian right. around. But I don't really know what's happening. Like, is this is Julian animatronic? Like, what's, what know. the fuck is going on right now? Is it a Chucky doll? Um, yeah, I it'll be interesting to see how that kind of all pans out. But right now, my money's on Tony. I think that she's the one that might be gaslighting yeah. Cheryl. Um, cutting to Veronica and Hiram. Uh, Veronica is just hanging out in his office, and uh, she's taking a few sipples, uh, some underage yep. drinking. She's taking some sipples of her rum, of his rum, and she admits to Hiram that she's rebe- well. He comes in like freaking Harvard. out. He's like, "Oh my god, Miha! Like what? He's like, you're not going to Harvard? <laughs> what? What? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I'm not going. Yeah, I did." You gave that uh, guy rum, and your rum is shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what do do you think that she made the right choice? I mean, look, here's the doing thing. this, deciding here's to reject Harvard. I really believe that. Yeah, like I understand why she wants to make it on her own completely. Like I get it. Like you don't want him to, right. to like me too. You know, put his name in, and I get that. But what she does in this scene, I'm like, girl, I roll. Like, I'm so over you. Like, she's, like, swinging the rum. She's like, trying to act all, like, fucking badass. And she and he's like, what are you going to do then? And she's like, oh, yeah? She's like, you know what the, like, therapist told me? She told me to kill you. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that, obviously. Because I'm not like you, she's dad. Like, I'm going to kill but you? you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to war with you. Like, business. Business battlefield. Like, What? <laughs> You've already been doing that I'm for take two you seasons. Down. You've been on a business battlefield. Like you've been running yeah. your own freaking speakeasy. Like we get it. That was literally all of season two's She's drama like, was the fact that she got then, the speakeasy and she had to flub the books and get her arrested. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, okay, she's gonna like, like keep doing it, I guess. No, she's like, and you know what? Yeah. Your rum fucking sucks. So I'm gonna make my own rum company and I'm gonna be better than you in the rum business. I was like, what? So she's gonna be a rum person now? <laughs> like, what? What the fuck? Girl, you Why? are a high school student. Go to fucking Yale, go to Harvard, go to some Ivy League, do your like, school go do something else goodbye why are you trying to like <laughs> run a rum empire now why i don't get it y'all. also you're under it's age so you probably can't own a rum like, none company of, you can't even drink what you're making it was just like how are you just, gonna know I, honestly i wish you went in there and said you know what dad i'm gonna go to this school like a random school I'm going to do my, my years and goodbye. Like, I'm leaving. I'm moving out of the, like, town. I'm going to live there. Like, just completely cutting herself off with from everything. And not, like, again, not battling him out on fucking business battlefield. Like, what is this? Yeah. 
sounds like yeah. some like and reality show. <laughs> Business battlefield. Business battlefield. Veronica Luna and Hiram Lodge are just head to head. It's just like all it's just like the long. way she like Burble said it. She's like you're kind of obsessed with him, and like she totally is. And it's in the beginning it was kind of cute, and like their dynamic was super cute. But now I'm like, yeah. okay, you're either gonna be done with him or like don't be done with him. Like he's your dad, you know? Yeah, I I just feel like you're either cutting him out for life and being like that's the end of it, or because it's it is true when you talk when you hear what Burble says when she's like you keep coming back to him. I'm like, yeah, no one asked you to <laughs> visit him in jail. But you went, but you went and done visit yeah. him in jail as Monica Posh and fucking wore your wig and this, this, and this. Like, he keeps bringing you back. So, like, what's the deal? Why can't you tell your dad, leave me alone? I don't want to be with you anymore. I don't want to, like, I don't love you. Like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like different. something needs to come yeah. out of this. Like, something. And, and I know we were talking about, we were talking about, like, now that Hermosa was, is in the show, she wasn't in this episode, but. Right because we have her now in the show maybe like Hiram and Veronica will have a better relationship or like sort of mend it which I was kind of down for yeah. I'm, I'm kind of over this like back and forth bickering um, and like who has the money like I feel like Veronica, Veronica has this like endless supply of money how who who's running her money yeah. like where, where did she get that much money from exactly the speakeasy can't make that much money so it's just I kind of wanted it a bit more from her character in this scene to be like dad I'm actually done with you like goodbye for sure. And I think the one thing that really frustrates me with her character is truly she's the most, the most, even past Archie in this, at this point, the most unbelievable character. Like Why? she, she can't, she doesn't, she runs her own business, number one. Number two, anybody, anybody, I will say this with confidence and prove me wrong if I'm wrong, but no one in her position would turn down fucking Harvard. Are you dumb? Like, I don't care what your position is in life. Like, the fact that she has so much privilege and they've given her this much privilege as a character on this show, like, who's turning no, down like, Harvard out here? Like, Harvard, but like, go to, go to like Yale or something. Like, like, but I, I don't I don't even know who would like to who me, would do to that. Me, her no choice, one would really to me, her do choice that. of where she wants to go for her future. I believe that. Like, I get that. I just don't believe why the fuck would you go into a rum business right now? Like, it makes zero <laughs> sense. You have no, you have no knowledge on it. Like, you're, you're going to be busy like in school. Yeah. And trying to get into <laughs> Yale, apparently now. Like, what the fuck? Like, her character just is so far removed from the high school life that if they do like a five years later fast forward, maybe Archie and Veronica are going to be the best out of mm -hmm. all of them. But right yeah. now, their storylines are too adult again, for like, this high school I world. I think that happened because I, I feel like they fucked up her character early on and like they gave her all these things. They gave her the speakeasy. They gave her pops. They get, it was like, yeah. dude, she's literally oh, 16. Yeah. What's going on? Like that can happen like later in her life for sure. But like, why is it happening now so early on? But and why so I now? Think they're, yeah. they're kind of left with like those pieces. Like, what do they do with those things now? You know, unless she literally right, says, for sure. dad, take everything back. Like, here's pops. Here's the speakeasy. Like, I'm leaving town. You know, I don't want your money. I don't want right. anything. I'm going to just be Veronica. And that's it. Like, I would I would respect. <laughs> I'm going to just be me. <laughs> I would respect her if she did that. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with her character, but I'm just like over. I'm over it. I'm so tired of the same back and forth with And then them. it took him like, like 20 minutes with, to realize that she anyway. was drinking his rum. Like she was clearly <laughs> drinking your rum in front of your face. And then he was like, huh? It like, huh? 
like uh-huh. cut to his face, cut to the b- bottle, cut to the empty fucking casket. And he was like, Whoa! he like freaked After she the drank the whole out. bottle. Yeah. I was okay. like, what? Like what else did you think? What else did you think she was drinking and, like, in your room? I don't know if you ever like, had like fights with your dad, but like my dad would never just stand there and stare at my face like two inches apart and not say anything <laughs> for six minutes. Like she was going in on him, and he was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, like put that drink down, no shut the fuck there. up. <laughs> Get out of my house. You're 16 years old. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Don't you ever try to threaten me and tell me that you're yeah. gonna kill me in real life or on the battlefield? <laughs> like, battlefield. What the fuck's wrong? With you? <laughs> my dad would start laughing. Like, so... he would have been like, "Okay, I was like, this is a joke." <laughs> Do you even know how to write like, an invoice? Go, 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 <laughs> go ahead and try. Oh man, oh Veronica. Um, so the whole episode ends off with Bughead at home, and he's just really excited. Jughead's really excited to show, share with Betty, first of all, that he finished his story and his story is, like, lit, apparently. But also that he's, like, about to bust open this investigation, like, for realsies because he has he now has some, like, low-key information from other graduates who went mysteriously missing um, from the Skull and Quill um you know mm-hmm. group and uh that's kind of going to be his point of investigation next um and then we get a final flash forward at the very end of the episode and it shows Archie, Veronica and Betty kind of lining up in a police lineup and it's Donna and Brett and they're like yes those are the kids those are the kids that we saw kill mm-hmm. Jughead and that is the end of this yeah. uh, Which episode. Which made me believe more our theory of like they're definitely behind his like his fake murder and like it's all like a setup. But so you still don't feel like this has anything to do with Jughead's story. I think it does. And I think like but I don't think he's actually dead. I don't think he's actually je- dead, but do you think that everything that we're seeing in the flash forward is just a reenactment of it, his story? Yeah, it could be. I could see that. Or do you think that, like, it's actually being played out and they're, like, fake killing him just so he can come back to life? Well, the thing is, like, they said, like, do a murder, right? Like, that was the whole theme of the the book, whatever. So I feel like they're acting out that. Like, they're playing it out in real life. They're acting. They're playing it out in real life so that he can maybe catch the real Uh, murderers. I don't know know the purpose. Maybe that has something to do with it. Who knows? I don't know. It, it just looks weird. I think that knowing that it's Brett and Donna, like if it isn't just a reenactment, um, I think that we will see it all kind of come together next episode, right? Next episode is the mid-season oh, wow. finale, is it really? right? Yeah. Damn. So I think we're going to get that information cool. next episode. Apparently, according to yeah, you never Comic-Con know, right? 2019. <laughs> like <laughs> things probably change by now. Um, all right. I think we're good. Is there any questions from our f- listeners or people online? I think people said that they really liked yeah, the episode. Yeah, everyone loved the episode. On a general level. Yeah. Um, let's get into our recap roundups. Recap roundups. Best, best moment. moment. Honestly, it was really hard to decide what my best moment was because I think this episode was amazing. Like, I can't wait to watch it um, all over again. Um, I think the ones that definitely yeah. stood out for me, though, like the Betty and Alice scene um, with Miss Burble. Yeah. Um, and the Cheryl Cheryl scene with Miss Burble. Those those two definitely stood out to me. And yeah. 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 Strong points. 
I, w- I would agree with you. I thought this whole episode was amazing. So, 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 so needed. We I've, I've been missing these storylines since the beginning. And I didn't think it was uh, that prevalent until we actually got to see it this episode. Um, but I will say that my best moment uh, was with Allison Betty at the very beginning where she like lays into her mom and is like, this is what the fuck you've been making me yeah. feel like. And I was like, True. and I just want to like attach that to what you're saying because we're not going to get to it later. But um, one of the things that I did love what they said in the beginning when Betty and Alice get to Miss Burble's, and Alice was like, she's having sex and she's being reckless. Yeah. And Miss Burble was like, yeah. so you equate um, like being sexual to like being erratic and being like crazy, basically. And Alice was like, right, uh, uh, uh. right. And I just love that line. Like, I love how they talked about that. Yeah. They mentioned that because, like, it is important. Like, just because she's having sex with her boyfriend, who she's been with for like how many years, doesn't mean right. she's fucking losing her mind. Like, for sure. And she even says, Betty even says, she's like, maybe I'm on birth control because exactly. I don't want to get underage pregnant, like Polly, and like you did, and like marry a psychotic fucking serial killer. Literally, like, when she, she lays said that, my her. mouth was like, yo, was like, like Betty Wayne's for <laughs> best just- season line ever. <laughs> <laughs> she's like laying on the yeah, truth Yeah, it's bombs. true. She's like, I don't want to get pregnant so like you true. and Polly. I was like, oh. <laughs> WTF, WTF moment. moment. WTF moment. Uh, I think I'm going to go to the rum business Veronica wants to get into now. Yeah. And oh I think that gosh. was the biggest like, what the fudge? Like, really? Yeah, for sure. Now? And I'm going to go to the other side of the Varchi yeah. <laughs> couple. Archie deciding to go out and follow this dum-dum who called him on the hotline. I'm like, you're setting it up for something bad or he's just, it's just going back to what he was doing before, which I'm very disappointed in. I'm just kind of over him being this vigilante. I really hope that this turns around for him as a, as a storyline soon. MVP. MVP, I'm going to give it to the Riverdale Writers Room for writing probably one of yes! the strongest episodes of the Clap. entire series i felt like i've said that already twice this season which is amazing because last yes, season was like i know i was like i want to kill them all um canceled yeah so i just think but they uh, honestly i think they touched on so many like important topics in like a 42 minute span to, to hit on all these points is really really hard um, yeah. and make and to make them yeah. believable right like to these characters and to answer these questions that we've had since the beginning i think they did a fantastic job so MVP for sure, writers. Agreed. Um, yeah, I guess in the same vein, but giving it to an actual character, I, I was going to give it to Miss Burble um, for spitting yeah, all them truth sure. bombs because I was like, this is amazing. But yeah, big ups to the writers for finally giving her or giving giving the core for the five uh, a, a person to um, a person to talk to because I thought that, that was so important. I think that. I don't want her to be this villainous character in the end because I do want the idea of this guidance counselor, like someone who actually cares and listens. Like, the students should have that person. So, you know, I want her to. I yeah. want her to stay as that figure that like really cares and like gives them great advice. I don't want her character to be like, oh, she was the evil fucked up guidance counselor. You know? Yeah. That was like stealing information. At the same time, what kind of know? message? Yeah, like what message is yeah. that sending to the people who are watching this? So like, you can't trust guidance your fucking counselor, guidance yeah. counselor for anything. Like, it sucks. LVP. Who's your LVP? I'm going to give it to Kevin. And I don't blame Kevin. I blame, I think, the writers again for writing Kevin. I think, um, yeah. I think I finished the episode and I was like, where was Kevin's part? Um, Where? 
Where? That's where was honestly, it? I didn't even think about that until just why, now. Why didn't we get his part? I think his part. Why didn't we get his part with so him? So fucking good. I think his part would have been like. Oh my I god. I think his part could have spoken to so many people. Like like real shit yeah yeah and like for yeah. someone who hasn't totally gotten right. justice in terms of his character like this would have been the perfect episode to insert him and to explain the way he thinks and like the things that have happened to him and like how to deal with them and how he's yeah. gonna move forward like perfect opportunity and they fucked it up like to what to spend 30 <laughs> minutes on archie so that he could get a fucking mask off the lip of the garbage to like go and do some next level shit <laughs> like like they wrote it's an amazing so episode yeah i will admit that but like come on what happened to kevin yeah it's so true it's almost like they should have cut it into two parts or something like we're not gonna get i'm assuming that we're not get to, gonna get to see uh miss burble again and you're right kevin was kevin is the one character that we feel like we need yeah more yeah, meat and bones sure. and reasoning and he needs therapy 100 and you're right he would love i would love to see that story be told because he has a great story mm-hmm. to tell as a gay character as a character who's been struggling with loneliness yeah. and this this and this like relationship issues like so he's got many so things. many things that he can talk about know. and like and i feel like they I always and the, the why i'm saying it because like they always pit like the core four plus kevin and cheryl like it is kevin and cheryl added on so like yeah. they did cheryl but why don't you do kevin it's true it, i guess I, I really do truly feel like they just ran out of time they couldn't fit him into this episode but it's it's true like and it's so unfortunate because you know they really built up his character they built up casey caught being a part of the regular crew and then they're like holding back and pulling back so like they're not even being like oh we're gonna see him next episode or we're like they're not even like, implying they that he even him, exists they in that world anymore for the fucking like musical episodes and like for him yeah, being like veronica like what's going on like the reaction to veronica's news like it's so lame and it's so embarrassing yeah, that's it for his character it's like really upsetting because like i get it archie's the main guy i understand like he needs a certain amount of airtime like every week but like he's been in every episode he's been in everything all season he's gonna be in all f all episodes why can't you just give kevin like 10 11 minutes of this episode i don't get it yeah I agree. It's yeah. It's just it's definitely an yeah. unfortunate miss on 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 this episode's part for sure. Uh, my LVP on that point is gonna go to Archie. I'm like, yeah, switch out yeah. Archie for Kevin because Kevin's got it's, some shit that we need to that, hear. Like, it's not that Archie's like any less. It's just we've heard Archie's story already. Like we we know the yeah. battles that he's facing internally, but like I could hear more of Kevin's. You know. Yeah, and I'm more interested in, in getting an explanation from the fucking writers for why they're yeah. being so shitty yeah. with his character. Like, I need that ex- explanation at this point. The, the best, best line. line. Best line is gonna go to Veronica when she's talking to Burble and she's like, you're diagnosing me with daddy issues? How very intro to psych. Yeah. I was like, she, oh my god. Yeah, was it so was good. It was really good. Yeah. Um, My best line is gonna go to... Um, Betty, the very beginning, when she says, it feels like I'm filled with gunpowder and I'm one Elizabeth away from exploding. (laughs) And I was like living for it. That being said, the writing that they had between, you know, Miss Burble and the kids, all of them, like each one of them had great lines. Like Cheryl had good comeback lines. Um, You know, even Jug had some some really interesting lines. Like they all had really great lines. But yeah, those are those are the ones. I was like 10 minutes into the episode and I already had like six like best lines yeah. and I was like oh my god I need to pick one I was like yeah, and dial down yeah, yeah yeah for sure 
All right, guys, that is the end of our episode. Um, a few announcements. As you mentioned at the top of this episode, we have our contest going on right now for a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card and a pop socket. And to enter, all you need to do is rate and comment on our iTunes page, and you'll be entered in the draw. We are extending, so alert, alert, we are extending the contest to the end of the Riverdale season four, where we're going to draw the lucky winner at our finale. Um, I really do think that uh, you guys should just do it. The reason why we're extending it is because no one has applied. So for all of you people who are listening right now who are like, I'm not going to win that contest. You just might if you're the only one Seriously. who <laughs> like signs up. Um, also, uh, since we're about to talk to pa- talk about Patreon, um, depending on what tier you're a part of, you'll also be automatically entered into the draw. You don't even have to leave us a comment if you really don't want to. Um, but I'm assuming that if you are going to become a part of the Patreon family, that you'll at least do that for us as well. Um, and you'll be entered three times or two times, depending on your tier. Um, so speaking of which... I would like to thank our patrons of this episode. We have our Rewinder Squad. We have White and Nicole. And our Lit Rewinders, Tina Ann, Sarge, Serena, Soleil, Kate, and Jessica. And our Mommy Rewinders, Becca, Sarah, Tamala, and Grace. And if you would like to join our Patreon family, check us out at patreon.com slash recap underscore rewind. If you join, you'll get access to all things Recap Rewind, exclusive contests, content, and updates. And also make sure you guys are checking us out on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and you can find us on all podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. Like, subscribe, follow, review, and comment to stay engaged with us at Recap Rewind. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.